With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Hey friends, good to have you with us. This is not Angie Austin. I don't know how you might have guessed. Uh, Eric Raymer sitting in for her. Either that or Angie has a horrible cold. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> but uh, very, very nice to have each and every one of you tuned in for the good news with Angie Austin. We've got the good news gang here in the studio with me. Uh, Donna Hetzler is in the house. Hey, hey. Hi, Donna. Hey, the good news gang. How's Jericho Girls going? Jericho Girls is awesome. I just love empowering women and sharing with them that when we stand together back to back and supporting one another in business and life, we are a powerful force. Yeah. And when we do that, we're for one another and not against one another. The enemy is shaking in his boots. Mm-hmm. And so we are growing. We're an army of women who are growing, and it. it is awesome. I love it. Fantastic. Uh, uh, let's see. Terry Fisher is with us today. Terry, how Hello, goes Eric. it? Hey, Eric, I'm great. <laughs> you, are, you are great. Uh, and and uh, five-star talent and entertainment. Tell me, tell me about that. Yes, I am a full-service entertainment agent, so always looking for opportunities to book the entertainers and always looking for new entertainers to add to my roster. It takes both to make a village, right? Yes. So, um, yes, so I, that's what I do full-time is I book entertainment, and I spend probably half of my time doing um, entertainment and involved with many charities in our city. Mm-hmm. She's so that. happy. I think I she's always... going to break out in song. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> you never know. Singing in the rain. No, there is no rain. Well, yeah. I mean, at least not, not not as we are recording this. Uh, we're just... happy as okay. Uh, yeah. right. Don't ask me to sing. Yeah. All right, and uh, of course we got Jennifer Bishop, who's healthy, wealthy, and wise. Some days. <laughs> <laughs> Always wise. Yes, the wise old owl. You're looking fantastic. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Feeling good. What's that on your uh, on your dress? Oh, I love. So I'm wearing my favorite dress because it's like this pattern and people don't really know or notice the pattern and it's elephant so i always like i'm the elephant in the room <laughs> so but now she's not we really. have somebody to, 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 to <sighs> mentally image when somebody says uh the elephant in the room yes uh adorable thank Glad you yeah, yeah. this elephant i've Thanks. ever seen and there are a lot of them yes <laughs> there's a lot of them aren't there and speaking of adorable Here's producer Dave. Hey. Producer Dave, he's so adorable. Hey, it's nice to be here. And there's so less, much less of him. Uh, yeah, I, I'm down to 25 pounds now. You love right here. Fabulous. Uh, Are so you I still feeling I'm, healthy? Yeah, I feel fantastic. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I mean, it's better. I'm, I'm in better shape now since I have been since high school when and I what's played your sports. Uh, well, I started in January with the Whole30 diet. Okay. And then because I was doing the diet, I started exercising again. Amazing. And I'm to that point, so I have a, I have a five and a three-year-old, and I was always active. But then, uh, you know, it was like after I got married and after we started having kids, it wasn't as easy yeah, to, and, to keep up with it. You'll and never it was, be five-year-old or three-year-old active. <laughs> no, <laughs> ever. Well, well, no, but then for me, it was hard for me to, you know, do yeah. my thing. Yeah. And so um, I'm kind of finally to the point to where they're okay. You know, uh, they're okay for a few hours without me every once in a while. So um, 
I started working out, so that's it. That's it. Just the eating better yeah. and exercise. Well, you know, it's amazing. I think um, plus you you know, guys. being in that whole health and wellness field, when people you know want the magic pill or the magic whatever, um, unless there is a you know health issue, because there are health issues. Like you know, I, believe me, I don't want to go down that road. But if we know, we know how to lose weight. We know eating less or watching what we're eating right. and exercising more uh hello you're gonna lose weight and yeah. it's not necessarily less it's just eating it, the right well things. writing exactly. yes it's eating funny healthy the, the the whole 30 diet i actually ate way more, more. yes i yes. ate way more often and yes you know, and more during the day and more of everything yeah. and i still was losing weight and it's because i was eating things like you know, honey smoked salmon and right. steaks and actual food rather than the process, you know, double process, cheeseburgers. process, process. You don't but, need four no. double cheeseburgers but, every day. But Dave, don't Speak you have to find that you have to be consistent? <laughs> yes. Any of those diet things Anything. work. I don't care if it's the diet pill or whatever. You have to do it consistently. You can't it's do it for six days change. or 60 days. It always right. reminds me. Six months, six years. There's this movie, yeah. uh, yes. The Central Intelligence, was it called, with Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yes, I love that. And if you know what Dwayne The Rock Johnson looks like. Yes, well, I do. the beginning of the movie, they were in high school, and he was the fat kid. He's like really, yeah. really fat. And then they go later, and the second act starts, and they, they, he looks like The Rock, and he, you know, Kevin heart is tiny tiny it's like five foot two something like that anyway he's like oh what's your secret what was your secret and he goes i just did one thing i did one thing what was it worked out six hours a day for every day for the past 20 years easy peasy well yes it's like they say if you didn't eat the cookie every day at the end of a year you'd probably lose 10 pounds yes i mean simple simple as that one thing that one change that one Yeah, but you got to put down the four quarter pounders yes yeah i know Uh, darren darren hardy the compound effect i love that book how to 10 extra business well that or lose weight or anything again just what terry said it's consistency making small minor changes over a long period of time you know they talk about investing if you know, would you rather have a penny double every day for thirty days or ten thousand dollars? Yeah, yeah, double the penny. Exactly, yeah. every time. That's it. Absolutely. Yes. Hey, uh, got some great stories here for you folks today, and uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this, uh, Dave. Uh, cue us up with a little bit of musical talent. So this one is really <laughs> a cool story. Um, it's about these two girls who are in college, and they're both excellent. Like, one of them is a concert pianist, and the other one plays the clarinet and the flute. A flautist. Pianist. No, I, I heard that part. <laughs> wasn't going to go there. Don't do it. And so they, they – but they, college is hard, and it's expensive, and it's not always easy, especially when you want to move out and do your thing. Well, they set up this program at this school where these girls got to move into – Kind of a weird place, uh, an old folks home of all the places. An old folks home. Old folks home. It's like, so you have to be like plus 65 or something to live in this home, and it's assisted living, but they had the rooms available, so these girls in their 20-somethings, and their only rent they have to pay is they do concerts for the other residents, and it's turned into so much more. Wait till you hear how they talk about their neighbors. Like most graduate students, Melissa Morales and Rhea Yang's days are jam-packed as classical musicians. And then I have another rehearsal with my trio. Uh-huh. The friends juggle hours of homework, practice, and regular concerts they perform where they live at a senior retirement community outside of Washington, D.C. 
The community here is so incredibly supportive of everything we do. Sponsored by the University of Maryland School of Music, 30-year-old Melissa and 29-year-old Rhea stay rent-free at Collington, a senior living residence. Haven't seen you for a while. In exchange for sharing some of their time and musical talents with fellow residents. Once she heard about the program, Melissa says she knew right away she wanted to apply. Coming into a place like this where everyone here has had their career, but they've lived full, rich, and exciting lives, like, of course I'd want to be around that. That sounds fantastic. But there were some adjustments in the beginning. How was Tai Chi? Tai Chi was good. Over the last year, the girls have learned that getting older doesn't always mean slowing down. At first, when I moved in, I thought, oh, you guys just enjoy life here. No, they were incredibly busy. They're taking piano lessons and like learning a language and like going to book clubs. It's so impressive. For Rhea, it also meant more attentive neighbors. My next door neighbor, if he didn't see me for a whole week, he would say, well, have you been? I almost go to call the police. <laughs> yeah, that's very sweet. Adored by the senior residents for their concerts, Oh, they spread joy. It's just wonderful. Melissa and Rhea are just as popular offstage. They come to dinner, they come to breakfast. Um, we see them at all kinds of times in the morning and when they're leaving for school. It's almost like a family that you know what they're doing, they know what you're doing. Special bonds that Melissa and Rhea say they will never forget. Everyone here has been so warm and so open and spending so much, wanting to spend so much time with us. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of wisdom to share. And they are also really fun, super fun. Like, I really love them. A program bridging the generations through a shared love of music and community. Wow. I think Michelle Mimi. Ron would have liked that one. No, yes. wait, I have to say for Miss Mimi, Michelle Ron, she would say, this is a, a place for 65 years and wiser, not an old folks' home. I thought of her the minute you said that. I was like, oh, she would jump right in. Living living be right on That's right. Yes. So this last weekend, I went with a whole bunch of high school friends and saw the movie Palms, which I highly recommend. Was it good? It was fabulous. Yeah. And it, the one lady had her grandson that lived with her. I mean, they didn't know um, because, you know, it was only 65 and over. But um, it was so good. And I just think it's so important to have the, you know, the gapping of all the ages. And I think that's what we're missing a lot. I had the incredible opportunity to do Medicaid eligibility for nursing home and home and community-based services for years. And I'd go into these nursing homes and assisted living. And it's just, it's so sad. It's like these young kids get some young people. I know animals, a lot of, a lot of them had animal therapy, but it's a win-win for both sides. You bet. It, I'm involved with an organization called Bessie's Hope, and this is their 25th anniversary year, yeah. August 17th. Yay. But they re, they unite the youth at risk with the seniors. Yes. The senior right. homes that don't have companionship, don't have any family. You can remember, I mean, they, these people sometimes end up in the homes, but beyond even the musical side, just in yes. senior homes in general. We have people in homes that have no nothing. Neither so, have family. And youth at risk sometimes don't have anyone because of their troubled yeah. teen years. Sure. Yes. So they teach them how to unite and, and have programs set up yeah. so they can go in and visit. And yeah. So oh, cool. that's Great. so wonderful, yep. Terry. Yeah, the Palms movie has a little component of yep. that as well. And it's just, it's so cool. I just, yeah.
We need to be bridging that gap better, I think. One of the things I say to our Jericho girls is find somebody older than you that can share wisdom and find somebody younger than you that can mm-hmm. share wisdom because we have so much yeah. to learn from all the generations. Absolutely. But, you know, so many of these um, 65 plus um, communities, you know, the older generation feel like they are, as they get worthless. older, they're worthless, they're disposable, and they right. have so much wisdom and things that they can share with us if we would just take the time to listen and yeah. be present. I almost uh, I almost bought a, a magic shop a store that sells magic props and things like that yeah. in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, no, Springfield, Missouri, which if you know Springfield, Missouri, it's like a capital of Christendom. Uh, the Southern Baptists have a college out there. Uh, the Assemblies of God have their world headquarters out there. There's, it's it's just like it's kind of like our Colorado Springs. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. right. Focus on the and, family. And uh, the place was called Mister E's Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you say it fast, it's Mysteries. Mysteries. Magic, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Ben Stone was an old guy who had been running this thing since the boxcar days of uh, uh, the 1920s in vaudeville. And uh, I almost bought it from him. And I said, listen, if I do buy this from you, I'm going to put a, a rocking chair right here. And I want you to sit there Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays and just tell me. Because he's forgotten more than I will I ever know. Right. right? right. And uh, in the end, I, d- I decided not to buy that. And uh, the, the Lord had his will in, in all of that. But And it would have been cool because I am Mr. E. Mr. E, that's sure. right. But uh, it, yes. it didn't work out that way. Ooh. Well, you know, I love the uh, the, the story. And uh, since we're talking about seniors, do we have time, Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah? absolutely. This is a great story, uh, too. Th- this, folks, you know, when you're talking about seniors, I just went and saw my dad. Uh, he's 91 years old. And, uh, boy, he's moving slow. You know, he's 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 rocking the, uh, the, 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 rock, the walker, you know, doing the Thorazine shuffle. You know what yep, that is, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he reads faster than anybody. He started a book, and it's it's a big text, and he was like 250 pages in in a day. What? Wow. And, and I was like, Pops, did you actually like read read that book? Yeah. Can you tell or me the you, details, or did just you just turn skim? Pages. Yeah. And he goes, No, I read every word. And he says it like, No, I read every every word. And I'm like, I read I, I fell asleep while speak. you were talking. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this guy could run circles around my pops. So this is a great story. Um, it's about one of the first soldiers, black women soldiers in World War II. She delivered mail in World War II, and then she became a teacher. And she was so busy teaching that she didn't, she wasn't allowed to to visit or uh, walk and be graduate from college, even though she was a graduate. Well, it took many, many years, and it wasn't until she was 99 years old that they celebrated this woman's graduation, and it, it turned out to be a pretty good, pretty big deal, and she's a very impressive person. It took Elizabeth Barker Johnson seven decades to get here. Excitement's not the word. The 99-year-old finally accepting her college diploma with all the attention the moment deserved. NBC's Tammy Leitner spoke with her. Well, I, I just was determined I wasn't going to give up. In 1943, Johnson joined the only all-female African-American Army Corps overseas during World War II. Their job, delivering mail to the soldiers. After the war, she became the first woman to enroll in what was then Winston-Salem Teachers College on the GI Bill. She earned her degree in education in 1949, but couldn't attend the ceremony because she was already teaching and had no one to cover her class. I think the thing for me, if not for her, 
is to turn that tassel to say, I finally did it, I've done it. And then at her 99th birthday party, we are inspired by you. News that she would finally get to walk at graduation. And there, a bright red gown made just for her. First time I've seen it. On Friday, more than a thousand other graduates, most of them 70 years younger, were on their feet cheering on the newest member of their class. Molly Hunter, NBC News. Wow. Great. Celebrated. Can we sing our song now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's she a great so. story. She's a very impressive woman. And, you know, wow. the first to, to graduate, the first woman to graduate as a teacher from that school, World War II uh, vet. Right. And it reminds me of if, if Beatrice were from that generation, she would have done the same thing. So, absolutely. absolutely. What a great story. I can hear her now. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> God bless that woman. Oh, yes. Lord. Oh. A sister from another mister. <laughs> well, I, I love it. And, you know, it just goes to, to say that, you know, if you've got something in mind that you want to, to achieve, yep. never give up that dream. Yeah. That's right. right. Yep. You you can go after it, and uh, and people can help uh, by by you know, rallying behind you, making concessions when concessions are needed, yeah. necessary to be made. Well, this, um, like this, this show, you know, Angie, he was on the air on news for yep. years, yep. Channel years, news. years, yep. years, and was NBC in LA. Yep. And, yep. and, you know, she's like, I just can't take this negative anymore. Yeah. And had this dream. And, you know, I feel, I feel very blessed to, be, have been her friend and started out as her producer, which like cracks me up because I don't have any of those skills at all. But you know what? You have a dream and you put it out there, and God takes care of everything, right? So you were Doctor Jen. Uh, no, I never ran <laughs> on the board. She wasn't oh, on the board. No. Okay. No, okay. no, 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 no. I was just trying to help, like you know, book people, oh, and gotcha. I've you know been blessed to have met some pretty incredible people so i was just helping her with today's producers people. are really more engineers than they Away. are uh, producers and uh, they would never let producers me the one who grabs the talent you know who, who sorts through the incoming right uh, I do that to, too. to find people i know you do you, you do it all multi, day it's a multifunction, right. uh, hey come on dave but Give you me do some not have <laughs> elephants on your, you don't have elephants on your dress no uh, no so i'm a tie i have yeah. flowers you have flowers but hey but we're so we're talking about all these very experienced people i was wondering if you guys could help me understand something that i've never been able to understand older experienced people drive really really slow young people drive very very fast shouldn't it be the other way around since they're so experienced. Somebody, since somebody doesn't, hit, one of them has less time than the other one. Yeah, they're closer to like closer they should to like heaven. hurry up and get there because they don't know how much time they have. <laughs> no, they're enjoying the kidding. ride. It was a joke. That was a bad That's joke. That's good. So. No, I, I laughed. Why, why do we drive good. on the parkway and park on a driveway? I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> bump, bump. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's the good news, and uh, and boy, we've had some fun here. Uh, special thanks to Jennifer Bishop for hanging around. Hey, thank you, Mr. Eric. Giving us some great. Uh, Mr. E. I am Mr. Mr. E. e. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> and then uh, Donna Hetzler's uh, got the Jericho Girls, and uh, business is booming in your real estate business Yes, as yes, well, a good you know? time to sell and maybe buy. We'd have to talk about your goals, but right, definitely. Right, and somebody who's willing to listen as you uh, do that. Uh, we've also got uh, Terry Fisher in the house with Five Star Talent and Entertainment. Always a delight to be here. Hello, world. Have a great day. Very nice to have you. <laughs> I'm Eric Raymer. I do PR if you'd like uh, a website or just want to be found or discovered in one way or another. Sometimes it seems like you're in a sea of uh, anonymity and we can help stand you out. 
uh, prmediacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to contact any of us, reach out to angieaustinradio.com. That's angieaustinradio.com. We'll be back right after these messages. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. YMCA of the Rockies and Estes Park is an ideal family vacation. Come visit and be inspired by our surroundings. At YMCA of the Rockies, you can fill your days and nights with our fun, family-friendly programs and activities. This summer, YMCA has tons of fun and excitement planned for your family, and soon you can bring the entire family when we introduce our new dog park and dog-friendly activities. Whether you are looking for a harrowing adventure or just a relaxing stroll near Rocky Mountain National Park, YMCA can set you on your way. YMCA of the Rockies is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your next family vacation with fun, exciting, and affordable adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Hello, welcome back to The Good News. This is producer Dave. I'm sitting in for Angie. Um, This is the next installment in this new style of interview that we're doing where we get to really talk to these authors. And we think that we found all these books. We found this whole channel towards all these books that are out there that a lot of people might not even know about that we think all of our listeners of the good news are going to be very interested in and today is no different today is going to be a very very good book and um dana bowman is the author of the book how to be perfect like me um don't don't worry this is a satirical title and it's uh, it's about serious things and there's a lot of things going on in our lives and uh, it's really just a kind of a look at how we live in the society where we're all expected to be these per- you know particularly moms uh you know we're all expected to be these perfect people and these instagram people and you're supposed to look like you know pinterest you nailed it every single time and and there's a lot of pressure going on and then plus there's all of our coping mechanisms which for some of us can be alcohol and it's a slippery slope and we we go a lot of people struggle through it and we don't often talk about the struggles with alcohol here on the good news although it is good information to get out and it's a really good way to you know a lot of way that we can kind of connect to each other and we all slip and we all slide and we all have troubles but we all can fall back on you know and our faith and we can fall back on everything that we need so that we 
can overcome in the end. So Dana Bowman, thank you for being on the show. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, and, and we'll just get going with this interview. Hi. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I love talking about writing and books. So it's just kind of neat for me to do this type of interview because a lot of times I'm doing interviews about recovery or things like this. But as you know, and first things first, I'm just a writer and I, I love writing um, my story. It's a memoir. Perfect is a memoir. It's kind of a follow-up to um, the book that I wrote uh, about three years ago. came out called Bottled, um, A Mom's Guide to Early Recovery, and that was a memoir as well, and I ended up writing Perfect this year um, to kind of continue my recovery journey and my story. Um, the, the book is a snarky little conversation about self-help books, which back in my 20s, I, I actually was working the self-help section at a large bookstore, and it was very eye-opening <laughs> to see people that were just literally jonesing for self-help and then come in and buy like 20 books. And I love self-help. I'm not, I'm not actually dissing on self-help at this point because, ironically, I bet my book will be shelved <laughs> in self-help. Um, but I do find it a little funny when I was seeing people that were hoping, you know, to get this one book. And it would fix them in five easy steps, whatever it was that they were having issues with. And so, therefore, it kind of set up perfect as an attempt to uh, sort of poke a little fun at that. And each chapter is sort of a how-to list um, in terms of parenting and momhood. Um, and the book goes into my issues with perfectionism and control. And it really does delve deeply into um, addiction and recovery, but... I've been told that it can be a wider audience than just those people who are dealing with addiction issues. I think we're all sort of in recovery from something, um, especially moms these days. We have to deal with so much, um, so many expectations from the world around us. So um, I kind of go into all of that and hopefully help people to laugh and heal and uh, have some hope while well, they're reading it. Laughter is definitely important when it comes to healing and recovery. I know that. Um, and I know a lot of people struggle with this stuff. And one thing I liked about this book is it's not just about recovery. I mean, yes, there's a whole recovery element. You know, and the, a lot of us can fall into those pitfalls where, you know, at first it seems like, oh, just one glass of wine is fine. Then it's like, oh, one bottle of wine is fine. And then next thing you know, you're drinking vodka in the morning. And I know a yeah. lot of people that have gone through that. And I've lost some friends because of it. And the ones that you see do recover. It, I mean, that's very, very important. But one thing I do like about this particular book is it's not just about drugs or alcohol or something this is about like the the pressure that we get just to be perfect and i'm a dad i'm not a mom so i don't feel the same pressures as a mom but i do have the dad pressures and there's certain things that i have to do and there's certain ways that i'm supposed to be perfect in all these crazy ways and you balance all these different things and it's nice yeah. to know that there's people like you out there that struggle with the same things like I do. And I know a lot of the women here, uh, we have a huge, great group of women, the Good News Gals here, and we're all authors, speakers, uh, you know, um, we all have a lot of you know, entrepreneurs and we're community leaders and, uh, and we all suffer with these mm -hmm. same problems like anybody else does. And so it's nice to see other people out there talking about this stuff. And uh, yes, and I do agree that, you know, it, it shouldn't be, I'll bet you, you do talk a lot about recovery just because a lot of people struggle with that, but it's, sometimes there's more to it than that, and, and it, like the rest of life is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to deal with life on life's terms after you get sober, and what, what happened for me was, and why the relapse occurred mainly, is that 
even my recovery, I had let myself get kind of layered with some perfectionistic tendencies and some expectations, and therefore my recovery just totally fell apart because of that, and then the relapse occurred. And what I learned, and it's kind of funny, although at the time I didn't find it very funny, um, while I was writing perfect, it was extremely hard, (laughs) and I kept going through stuff while I was writing, and I would end up crying and and whining to my husband and saying, I can't write this, it's too hard, and there's too much, And, and I went through a lot of learning while I was writing, which is pretty common, I think. Um, for authors to find out, but it, it can be tough. Um, but what I learned when I when I finally, you know, finished Perfect, I was able to look back on it and go, I really like this book because it's a continuing story. It will never be done um, for me, and it really taught me a lot about what was behind all the perfectionism, or I'm sorry, behind the addiction and the alcoholism, which was my perfectionistic tendencies and my wanting for control. That was actually going to be my next question. Do you think that it is the perfectionist, kind of a social media pressure, social, just Mm. regular everyday social pressure that really leads to kind of what seems like a higher level of this kind of addiction in moms particular today? Yeah, and first of all, the numbers are just off the charts for moms and addictive behaviors right now. Binge drinking amongst moms of little kids is really, I think it's like 87%. It's gone up, which is very huge um i i don't want to point all fingers at social media but i do feel like for me from my from my vantage point in in my story when i started staying home with my boys um i went from teaching full-time to completely at home no work no job nothing just staying home with them and of course i leaned on social media as a way as an outlet as a way to communicate um and there was a lot going on there that was about drinking and moms and the wine culture thing. I don't think it's gone away. I don't think it's dissipated. In fact, I think it's gotten worse. Um, you know, it's mommy's wine time and mommy's play dates and all this stuff. It's wine o'clock somewhere. And if you even go on Facebook now and you just search under mom and drinking or mom and wine, there's hundreds and hundreds of groups founded uh, under the premise. And I know it's snarky and I know it's funny and I get that because I get snark. That's, my thing. I love snark. But there's an underlying current that says parenting is so hard that we need alcohol. That's, that's the message. And I really loved that message initially because I was so stressed out and drinking was a way to self-medicate. I didn't really go out and party and stuff. I stayed home and drank by myself at the end of the night when the kids were in bed. And that's happening more and more with a lot of moms. And I do think that the message is pretty mixed that we're we're sending out there all the time these high expectations. We want our kids to have all organic, grass-fed, everything, perfect parenting, right? But right. then we also have this message that, and and you should drink because that's the only outlet you really could get to handle this. And it, it is it is very confusing, I think. Right. Now, I agree. I, I It's very confusing. There is a lot of pressure, you know, and it's supposed to be okay. You know, I mean... I get it from the dad side where it's like beer or when am I going to get my beer or when are these kids going to go to the bed so you can get a beer, right? And there's so much pressure for it. It's like it seems like it's everywhere. Um, But you did just touch on something about with with all organic and all that stuff. And you have a whole chapter in your book about stopping going to the bulk stores. Uh, (laughs) Can you explain this part to me? Because I I feel like there's a lot of snark in there. But at the same time, I think it's hilarious. 
Well, I've gotten so much flack for that too because some people are like, I love bulk shopping. I'm like, <laughs> I am not, I'm not trouncing bulk shopping. Like I, I get, um, I have gotten many questions about it, but here's the thing. Like when I first had babies, I just had people, multiple people coming up and giving me advice and that's fine. And some of it was asked for, but a lot of it wasn't. And one of the main things they kept saying is you need to go and you need to bulk or um, get all of your diapers at Costco or whatever bulk place there was. You need to stock up. And they kept talking about stocking up because, I, I guess there's this deep-seated fear as a mom. You should never run out of anything, and if you do, you have failed, and <laughs> and it's just going to be horrible. And I, I had really an anxious, you know, I was an anxious mom of, of newborns anyhow, and I can just remember going to Costco and lugging that gigantic thing of diapers around and feeling like, you know, God forbid I should run out of diapers. I'll be such a bad mom if I do. And so I did it because I felt like I had to. I did the bulk shopping thing because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And then finally, I think it was just last year, I don't know, Brian, my husband, asked me to go to Costco for something. And I was like, no, <laughs> I hate that store. <laughs> I don't want to go there anymore. I'm sick of it. I hate bulk shopping. It's just not my thing. I hate lugging the stuff home. I hate trying to find places for it to store it. I mean, we had to buy shelves so that we could have a place to put a bulk stuff. <laughs> right, you got to like, buy more stuff idea. to keep all the stuff you bought. <laughs> yes. I'm like, here's a novel idea. Why don't we just not bulk shop? And then we wouldn't have to. But anyhow, um, but I'm not saying bulk shopping is bad. I'm just saying for me, I learned how in my life to say no to stuff when I just felt like I was doing it because I had to. Right, Or right. because Take... that's what you do. And also, the nightmare of running out of diapers at 3 a.m., guess what? If that happens, nobody's going to die. Like, you wrap your baby in a towel, and you send someone to get diapers, or you have to go get diapers, whatever. No one will die, you know? Right, right. But I just, I, I was so petrified of failing. That's why that happened. Well, I, I like that message, and I like how you use kind of a humorous, snarky way to get to the message. So yeah. uh, this is the good news with Angie Austin and friends. Uh, this is producer Dave. I'm sitting with author Dana Bowman, and she wrote the book How to Be Perfect Like Me. And we're just talking about a little bit of the themes and everything that's going on in the book. It's a, it's a book about recovery. It's a book about the pressures of being a mom. It's, the cook, it's, the, it's a book about... Uh, the pressures of just trying to be perfect about everything, every all the time, even when nobody's looking, and not and being so afraid to fail all the time. So um, yeah. I actually have something I'm going to kind of backpedal a little bit to the people that are out there. You said 87% of moms out there are binge drinking, and it's becoming an issue, and alcoholism. I mean, there's a line when, you know, it's like, oh, it's not a problem, it's not a problem, it's not a problem. Suddenly it's a problem, and it snuck up on you. Mm -hmm. But then when mm -hmm. people do realize that, and then suddenly you're going to church more. You're focusing on yourself. You're doing juice cleanses. You try yoga. You're going to, you know, where well, you do all these other things. But people still find themselves to be bored and thinking about their addiction. Now, is there mm -hmm. advice that you have for people that are going through that that are at that place? Yeah, I, I remember that. And I, I write, write about that in my chapter about depression, because one of the things that was really hard for me to understand was after I got into recovery, I've always struggled with anxiety and depression. It's just something that's a part of my life. And, um, but I had this kind of innate feeling that once I gave up um, alcohol, that the depression would totally lift. And granted, it did get better, a lot better. But here's the deal. It, 
it's not gone. Like, I still would have really dark times and really difficult times. And for me, that was just unacceptable because I'm like, but I, you know, I'm doing the right stuff. I'm, I'm living healthfully. I'm eating right. I'm running. I'm meditating. I'm doing yoga for Pete's sake. And I really don't like yoga. I've just decided it's just not my thing. But <laughs> I, I got really frustrated because I was like, I am doing all the right stuff and I'm kind of exhausted and it's, I'm still feeling depressed. I'm still having dark days and it would just fill me with total fear. Like, just this mind-stopping fear that I was always going to feel this way. And so in that chapter, I kind of go over the fact that we all, you know, it's the human condition. We, a lot of us are still going to have um, dark times, even when we try to right the rain, even when we try to get this, you know, turn the Titanic around, even when we give up that one thing that we think will, quote, fix it all. It's just not how life is, okay? And so for me, I had to get comfortable with the fact that there's going to be discomfort around every once in a while. And I call it kind of like, and it sounds kind of weird, but I would just visualize depression just sitting with me in a room, and we were just kind of looking at each other. And I'm looking at it and going, okay, I see you, and I'm not going to be scared of you anymore. You're not scaring me, okay? And I'm going to accept that you're part of my life. Now, that doesn't mean I have to become suicidal. That doesn't mean I'm not saying acceptance of depression means you have to have a life of pain, okay? But for me, it's a cyclical thing. It's a hormonal thing. I got really good at, like, even journaling when it would happen so I could kind of be aware. Um, But part of it is acceptance and just sort of letting the pain come, accepting it for what it is, hunkering down in the moment, sitting still, and not freaking out and trying to throw everything I could at it. Um, because that's why the wine was happening. You know, I would be drinking to self-medicate, and that never worked either. So I hope that right. makes sense. No, it absolutely does. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's all about, you know, now I, I like that you combat it all through kind of a self-awareness, kind of a, a yeah. I see this happening, and no, I can't really do anything to just, like, completely stop it. But what I can do is manage this and work through it and just keep going and going through it in, in a healthy way rather than uh, – uh, you know, other ways like going and drinking vodka in the mornings when, you know, you're supposed yeah. to be taking care of your kids and stuff like that. So and, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. And, um, you know, and I think that it's a terrible thing that people fall into this whole thing where they have feel so much pressure. And I feel, you know, I'm I feel like I feel like society does put a lot of pressure on us that we allow to bother us. We allow it to bother us. It's like we don't have to let those things bother mm-hmm. us, but we do. Yeah. And 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 I think that this book is a really good way to highlight how we all feel like this. And I think people are going to really be able to relate to this. So this is Dana Bowman, okay. How to Be Perfect Like Me. Well, Dana, how about in our last minute or so, why don't you tell us about where we can find you, where we can find your next books coming out, and where we can find this book, maybe on Amazon or somewhere? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, first of all, I do have a blog. Um, it's called Momsy Blog, M-O-M-S-I-E-B-L-O-G.com. And I post on there pretty regularly just about parenting and humorous stuff and then also about recovery. On there, you can also find ways to purchase my book. But if you want to just go about it by looking for it on Amazon, it's available to you there as well as on Barnes & Noble and all the other basic sellers. And I'm just now, I'm almost starting my book tour, which is really exciting. Um, And so we'll be out and about um, 
you know, signing and doing speaking gigs. So I'm so excited about that. So if you want to find me, um, you can go ahead and look on Momsy Blog too. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Look on Momsy Blog. Look uh, mm-hmm. uh, and look for this book on Amazon or wherever you get it through the blog. And and be sure if you come by Denver, you let us know on the show, and we'll tell everyone where to go. Oh, so thank you yay. so much okay, for being on the show. We really really appreciate it. That's, I've been talking to Dana Bowman about her book How to Be Perfect Like Me and her road to recovery. So thank you very much, Dana, for being here, and we'll be right back. Hello, my name is Donna. I worked for the ARC for six years and I loved every second. And I love working for the ARC. My favorite thing working for the ARC is I love everything about it. I love my managers and my coworkers. And it's just a pleasant place. And it's a place where you feel safe and loved. And they treat you like a family. The best deal I found at the ARC is I found a brand new litter box for my cat. (laughs) (laughs) Call 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. Or visit arcthrift.org. Please do your shopping at the ARC because you're shopping with a purpose. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin here. Welcome back. Joining us is author Anthony Schneider discussing his latest novel. It's a romantic thriller set in Brooklyn and Sicily and is a mobbish book getting great reviews on Amazon, I see as well. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. I always like to kind of find out why people get into their, you know, line of work. Uh, And so when did you become an author and did you always have a passion for writing? Yes, I always had a passion for writing. Um... And it's pretty much never been my solo day job. Um, so I've, I always do something different that is totally unrelated to writing. I'm in startup consulting and I build software and things like that. And then I've just always been writing. So it takes me a little longer to write a book, but I've always got these two things going on. All right. Let's talk a little bit about um, that's cool, though, that you can keep, you know, both because a lot of people don't make the time to do their passion on the side. It takes some uh, definite determination and some. it sure does. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about um, the main character first. So um, his name is Jimmy and uh, he returns to Brooklyn after 25 years in prison. And this is a mobbish book, right? There's got some they've got some mob ties. So is Jimmy based on a real person? Yes, he's he's a mobster. And no, he's not based on a real person, but he's based on history. 
Um, in fact, that's kind of what started the book rolling in my mind is I heard that people who'd been in the mob, these, these made men, as they're called, were getting out after 15 or 20 or 25 years uh, behind bars. And I started thinking what that must be like to be back on the streets of Brooklyn after 25 years, someone who's didn't have a cell phone, who doesn't know what a podcast is, and now he's back on the streets of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that must be really strange. And then I also started wondering, well, what happened to the woman he loved? And that's kind of how the book got started. Well, um, out of curiosity, you know, you said based on history. So how do you research before you write a book? And Jimmy's not necessarily a real person, but historically there may have been other people like this, obviously, serving a lot of time and maybe even seeking revenge when they get out because someone might have snitched on them. So how did you do the research? That's right. Well, there's a lot of books, and basically I read a lot of books. I mean, for, the easy part was probably watching The Sopranos and, and some documentaries and things like that. And there are a lot of books. Some of them are really good. Some of them are not as good about the American mafia and books written by wise guys and snitches. There's books about the Italian mafia. So I, I just read a lot and then felt I was kind of immersed in the world and I could keep writing about it. You said that was the easy part, doing some of the research and watching some of the mobster documentaries. What was the most difficult part about writing the book? Because that's the part that stops a lot of people from ever finishing a book. Yeah, I think, look, writing's difficult. The most difficult part about writing a book is, is writing a book every day. But more specifically in this one, while researching, you know, the, the, what it's like to be in the mob in America or traveling to Sicily because I wanted to set part of the book in Sicily, those were the easy bits. <laughs> then I had to write a book that was convincing about a guy who spends 25 years in prison. And you've got to really kind of fully imagine that, what it must be like to to live in captivity, basically, to to see the world through this character's incarcerated eyes. Um, And that wasn't easy. It didn't feel very good even just imagining it, just to get it right, because I think it is a tough way to live, obviously. So that was the the more difficult part. Yeah, tough way to live and probably 25 years stewing on maybe getting revenge. But you mentioned that uh, his love, Jimmy's love in the book, uh, but and it's also about forgiveness. So um, how how is forgiveness intertwined? That's one of my big themes in life that I talk about. How is that intertwined in your book? Well, good for you. I guess it's one of my big themes, too. You know, it's it's an integral part of the book because while Jimmy is sitting there for 25 years, he knows exactly who put him there. It was one guy. It was one snitch. And he has long, difficult conversations with the prison priest. And the priest is saying to him, listen, if you get out of here, you've got to forgive this guy or you'll, you'll never make it. Mm-hmm. And he said, along the way there, you're also going to have to forgive yourself. And, you know, I think that's relevant for all of us, even if someone didn't put us in prison. We've all got people we've got to forgive. Um, and along the way, we all have to forgive ourselves. And that mm-hmm. may be the more difficult one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't, isn't, that, isn't that true? Or what do you want uh, when people read the book and they're, you know, they're closing the last page and setting it down? Uh, what's, what's the takeaway? What do you want them to take away from reading your book? Uh, well, it's a tough question. Obviously, I want them to have enjoyed the book and think, oh, I must go and review this on Amazon or buy it for my, my mom or something. Um, but I think the things we were just discussing, I want them to think that was a good read, but it's also made me think. It's made me think about forgiveness. It's made me think about love because it's really a love story. And one of the questions the book asks is, how powerful is love? Can 
can a good, powerful, but short-lived love survive 25 years? And you know, will there be a happy ending? And does love prevail in this book? I'm not going to give that away, but I hope that people who finish the book are, are thinking about that. Love and crime and forgiveness all intertwined. Low down, a mafia romance thriller. I was reading the reviews on, on Amazon, and one of them, well, a couple of them actually said, I couldn't put it down. So that's a pretty big compliment right there. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you do, Anthony. <laughs> all right. So, where do we um, go? Uh, what's the best website to go to to find the book? Well, it's, it's, all, it's wherever you buy books, the books should be available. And to, for more information, uh, people can go to my website, which is www.antonyschneider.com. N-T-H-O-N-Y-S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R.com. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. Great interview. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, sponsored interview. I appreciate you very much. Uh, when we team up with partners like this, it really helps keep our show on the air and you as well help keep our show on the air. So thank you for supporting the good news. Thanks for listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.